I see no. the year I see the year 2014, and I'm thinking to myself, that was only three years ago. I know. He's a look what happened in three years. Fucking asshole. Isn't it fun that no one will know who we're talking about? <laughs> oh, oops. Did you? T- oh, I got to turn off the act. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oops, did I hit record? It's getting hot in here. We're talking shit. I would like to say that despite my feelings about (laughs) the previous film, I'm looking forward to Midsommar. How do you say that? Midsommar? I I refuse. I'm not. They better not be telling me to say it. Hi, one ticket for Midsommar. They'd be like, Midsommar. (laughs) Oh, up in (laughs) Midsommar. Well, I think that you're going to like it. Because I've heard it's very different from Hereditary. It is very different. Not that, I mean, I only, it's I don't dislike the content of Hereditary. I just dislike I the think filmmaking. that you will find the targets that Ari Aster is focusing on much more up your alley this Great. time around. Great. Like some of the stuff he's going after, even if you don't like how he's getting there, like that, that was a good, that was a good pen to knock down. I'm, I'm looking I'm forward to it. I'm excited to talk about it. I am going to see it again. I'm for looking mm. forward. Mm. Looking forward. Looking forward. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing it tomorrow. Can't wait. Oh, my God. Uh, is it out tomorrow? It yes, sure is. it is. For, oh, the, for the fourth it's, July. It's Spider-Man uh, well, Sp- counter-programming. Spider-Man came out today. Yes. Yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man got out. a jump on Midsommar. It's out. <laughs> Jake. Mm. Do, they, do they fuck? Do we have... Do we, Do we know yet? We need confirmation if they fuck. <laughs> Does Spider-Man fuck uh, Tom say, Holland? Because my boss is going tonight. I'll be like, I'll get the info. I'll report back on next episode. But by next episode, that movie will have been out for two full weeks. And I'm sure everyone will already know. Everyone will be tweeting everyone and Everyone will know. <sighs> when are we recording the Midsummer episode? I believe it's on Tuesday. Because um, I was like planning out when yeah, I'm going to watch these things. That. I can do that. I believe we, we discussed What are y'all doing already? for the 4th of July? I think are we aren't we all going to see Do the Right Thing? Maybe. Oh, are we all? I'm going, and I think you're Great. going. Mm-hmm. I would go. I'm Great. planning to go. Great. Then you're going at the arc the, light. The yeah. quintessential, at two p.m. at the arc light. The quintessential American film. Great. Mm-hmm. See you then. Wonderful. Patriotism. What are y'all doing over the weekend? <sighs> drinking. Are we doing a rose? Are we day doing on drinking? Saturday? Aren't we? And then we're watching Iron Lady. Okay, great. great. I'm just making sure that that is what's Matt, happening. Matt, you hear that? I'm just making sure that is, well, this, <laughs> by the time this episode drops, it will have already happened. Matt, we did it. <laughs> I just want to get my social calendar set up. I'm hoping to do a lot of nothing. Uh, I only have one day off this week, but I made a regardless. list today of 20 movies to watch over the weekend. Yikes. Jesus. Which I'll maybe hit seven. But still. <laughs> but it's like good to have some to pick from that I already know. I ha- mm-hmm. I painted in, a, in about... Of depression a couple years ago, uh, I needed to. Whenever I'm feeling blue, I like don't stay in bed. I have to do things mm. like that so I can get my mind off of my mind. Mm. And I painted my closet doors with um, chalkboard paint, oh. which like I don't think I would do now at 28, but at mm. 26, it seemed like a really worthwhile endeavor. And I will keep a list of movies that I want to watch on that door and then mm-hmm. replace it and erase it every like six or seven months right. and it's the exact same strategy i never watch all of them right but when i have a well to pull from yes then I, then I do that that's how i watched stalker that's how i watched a woman under the influence like, and then you don't have to like start from scratch exactly when you want to watch a movie it's like oh i can watch one of these that's the whole point yes i should do that that's what i'm i try to I use my letterbox watch list 
but that has grown so large that, that it, it's like it's 100 useful. movies. I have Did like you guys 11, know that there's the functionality on Letterboxd I discovered today by accident? If you hold down, like on the home page, this live. Like the thing will pop up with your rating and the times that you've logged. I don't understand. Hold down on a poster. Cop car, okay. This? And then that pops up? You didn't know that? No, and I assume that so, everyone does know that. Yeah, so it but pops I didn't up to know the that. place where you can yeah. give it. I had no Wait, idea. you didn't know that either, Random? No, it shows if you've rated the movie and yeah. what you gave it. Yeah, yeah. You... I always click through and then you click to the movie itself. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. It's no, no, such no, no, no. a convoluted. I had no idea. I did not know this. Oh. Sorry. So you hold it. Yes. Okay. So what we're saying is, if you hold a poster on Letterbox, it gives you the option to rate it, like, or it, shows you that you've already done or those things. That you've things. seen it already. Yeah. So if I pull oh up God, yesterday, I, I can give it a half star no, yeah. for being I so always, stupid. On my desktop, go to my friends who have watched it because on mm. your desktop you pop up, but in your right. uh, phone version it does not. Right. So yeah, no, I always. Oh my God. I know. Now you can just boop see what did I do. That's fantastic. What yeah. did I do? What did I do? Or if you feel like rating a movie that you've seen before you have Wait, Letterboxd. Well, no, it's a, and you can see. Many, yeah, yeah, you can do that. I, <gasps> I, this you can see imp- all this is, three of my books. This is an important logs. function if you're about to talk shit on a movie on the internet, just mm. to check your receipts. I know. Because I honestly, I'm not going to name name names or anything, but you know. That's you'll, okay. You, you'll I'm see sitting some right people, here. You'll see some people talking shit about some movies on Twitter, then you'll be like, I seem to recall a four-star log this time last Let's year. Let's pull it up. And then you dig into Letterboxd. I feel like I did that recently. I'm not talking about you. But I feel like I did, and I can't about remember what plot. it is. No, I didn't talk shit, but I was going to talk shit about The Intern, and then I oh, remembered I gave are it you, four stars. Are you, are you team oh. The Intern is actually good? I'm team I would the intern love is, to see it. has some, a lot of good things in it. Ultimate airplane movie, The Intern. But uh, have you seen The Intern? No, never seen it. There is a whole, like... 15 minute section of like she sends like an intern and another intern not Robert not Robert De Niro like to her parents house and they accidentally get high and it's like out of like a stoner comedy all of a sudden for 15 minutes who's the intern it's I I like Harvey Keitel I can picture his face but I can't you would know so what does this mean if on this page Ben gives it three but if I push in it turns into a four because, you because i re oh, you i changed, changed it to a three after you officially reviewed I re- it i reviewed it as four but then and then i later. lowered it later so i was thinking about this today in my car because i think we're gonna when we talk about midsummer next week i will probably be talking about how much better i think it is than hereditary even though i really like hereditary but i gave them the same score on letterbox oh better go retroactively lower hereditary but, but i don't know if adam divine I don't know which i would lower or raise oh at oh well pass. he's the stoner intern he's, he's we all i'm are. fine thank you we're I'm all fine. familiar Season three with him, coming soon to right? thank you july 25th oh I, I have i have a funny anecdote money. about about filmmaking oh um, um right now i have one dollar more than my rent in my checking account hell yeah because i have to like budget literally to the dollar after making a movie and putting more on credit cards than I thought I would to make that movie. Well, Oops. it's all part of the passionate process. That's right. I mean, you know I what? flung myself into debt for I'm fine. So. Yeah, I have no regrets, but I was like, I was just really proud of myself that I really, I got it. Well, <laughs> down to if, the dollar. But I get, down to a dollar. I get paid at midnight tonight. The direct deposit will drop. So it literally Ooh, was just like, if the rent check goes through today, which it won't, because they probably haven't even picked it up yet. Sure. Yeah. But 
There are little bugs in here. I'm I'm feeling them. They're like didn't they spray? Them. What happened? Well, they yeah. Spray. So Ben, tell us all about your cockroach situation. I mean, they spray. They're not but roaches, doesn't but that make them more bug. active before they all yes. die? Wait, so, excuse me. Yeah, if you spray, it, they go they go crazy before it gets they them die. High and then they yeah, pass I don't, out. Yep, and die exactly. Every morning. I love climax. Every morning in my kitchen Good under movie. the cabinet. Have you still not no, seen it? I haven't seen climax. There are like half a dozen dead. So they're Thanks. in the process of dying. Yeah. Ew. So they said it, uh, if, like, if they're still alive after two weeks, then the treatment didn't work, and I'm pretty sure it won't. Well, I'm just I, like, I just don't understand how your landlord doesn't listen to this. So pop off. I know if just the mechanics of okay, so they spray internally in all of yep. the units. I, I've had it done. Yeah. Okay, and you're telling me the cockroaches can't leave the building. Once they know. Until it's over. Like, the theory, the idea is if you spray in all the apartments, they'll try to scatter, but they won't be able to. But they're not, like, whatever got them into the building, they can still get out of the building. I'm imagining right. And then they'll of, come back. I'm, I'm right. imagining a sort of Toy Story it. scenario. They're all the little green army men, and they're like, yeah. Andy's mom is coming. But they're like, the yes. gas is coming. Yeah, like, let's they, move, move, move. Pixar cockroach movie, when? Oh, my God. Uh, like they have to roach, tend the building, <laughs> or and like oh fix whatever holes underground are there. Right. at the same time, it's about yeah. infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Everything is about infrastructure. That's I don't know. I don't. I don't trust it. I don't trust them. But well, but they, they love, claim it will work. I do love that your building essentially unionized. Mm-hmm. Like I That's think you nice. said. One of the girl who lives above me stopped me as I was walking out somewhere, and she was like. Do you still have bugs? <laughs> she literally was just like, "Hey, hey, you." <laughs> I'm imagining. She's uh, like, "I'm gonna send a, I'm gonna send an email. Can I get your email?" I was like, "Yes, hell yeah." I'm imagining that moment in Little Shop of Horrors when they're like, "Sign, sign, sign that contract." Mm. It's like all going door mm-hmm. to door, getting everybody yes. to sign the little petition. I okay, but then this this woman's boyfriend. So these are the singers. Ooh, so they're together. These Wait, are, hold on. These I are, thought he was gay. No. Excuse there's me. There's a there are two people that live above my apartment, like two apartments. Absolutely. Down the middle. I've heard, I'm familiar with their work. Yeah. There's a couple in one and there's a game in, in the other. Mm. But a game in. Mm. At two AM on Friday night. It's not up. going where you think you you're up. going. No, I was awoken. Oh. Awakened. I, I don't no. think, I know I don't think it's going to sex. It's not Brandon sex. obviously thinks it's going to I sex. Was I was awakened. Two lessons. By the boyfriend sing, belting Whitney Houston's Saving All My Love for You, which he has been practicing for weeks. And he thinks he's hosier and he has a slight hosier sound into his voice, but he cannot hit the notes. Was this the of bi- Saving All My Love for You by Whitney Houston? Why is, is it like, 2 a.m.? Has he been practicing in some for some sort of grand romantic gesture for his girlfriend? He's like, today's the day. Now I don't know. But girlfriend. I just want to relieve him of girlfriend. the the dream. Isn't he gay? No, 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 you missed this. You we're, were typing. Talking, you were you were I was doing cat. computer. I just want to tell him, this is never going to happen. It's not going to happen. This is just never. I tried to record him because he was, then he was singing the song the next day. And I tried to record it to prove to people that he's a horrible singer. But I need him. He he should do something practical and like warble into a gas mask and create Mm. energy that he can then tax and sell to the government. Alternative energy, renewable fuel (laughs) of flat notes. It's true. I think that's a smart device. Uh, That was, it was, he awakened me. 
at 2 a.m. from his singing. And I I loudly slammed my window shut, and he stopped singing. I almost Good. banged my fist on the table, but that would have made a noise worse mm-hmm. than the man's vocal cords. Mm. I think, so sorry I think the happened. stress of them spraying is why I've been fighting a cold for like five days and why my cat had a fucking cold because it was very stressful. I think we can blame the the cold on the faulty vocal cords, I think. Mm -hmm. The people who lived behind me were once in a band, the the house behind mine, a band that was moderately successful, like small indie band. They opened for the Dum Dum Girls for a while, like, you know, back when the Dum Dum Girls were a bigger deal in like 2013 or whatever. But they would do band practice in their living room. And my house, these houses are all built by the same person. They're like paper thin walls. No, you know, there's no muffling of the sound. So I would just hear like these banging drums. And then their singer, who has like an interesting voice, but it sounds like this. And Ew. so like, I'm like trying mm-hmm. to chill out. And I hear like, take it slow. And I'm like, Ew. what? <laughs> what is me? happening? I so I feel that. your pain. Yeah. It's but, th- so but then the band hard. broke up. Thank God. So <laughs> now they take now they don't slow. bother you. I better take it slow and get the fuck out of here. Why don't you get the fuck out? Ah, uh, wait. What is that? That's Mariah Carey. Oh right, yes, of course. From her, I was gonna say Academy Award winning <laughs> album. It is Academy Caution. Award winning. <laughs> who's in charge this week? What's happening? Where Not am I? Me. Who wants to be? I'll do it. Who's the you who, do it? Because you most did it last week. Right? In, in an abstract way, not in the current situation way. I do think it's ben. weird anyone who wants to celebrate July 4th in the traditional way right So now. weird. People yeah. who like are disgusted by Trump, uh, people who are like lifelong Democrats, who are still like, I love this holiday. I'm like, why? This holiday, like, like you can't love this holiday and hate what's happening. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, uh, you can love it. And like, I like July 4th too. But like, I just can't. There's, I'm, I will not wave an American flag while there are children dying in detention no. centers. And it's just weird because like I'm in an office where everyone's like, "Yeah, America." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like that. That was kind of cool when we were dumb. Like when Obama was president. Yeah, we were like, like yeah. "America's back!" <laughs> oh, yeah, it was like lit, and now we're just like, "No, America no. fucking blows." I don't want to celebrate this godforsaken country. It's true. I can't wait for that clip to resurface in 20 years when one of us is running for governor of California. Uh, I don't want to wave a flag for this godforsaken country. California won't be Brandon, here in That's true. 20 Bra- years. Brandon is running for like state superintendent of schools or some shit. They're like, they- Brandon Kirby hates America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not waving a flag. <laughs> Fuck America. Well... Let me get a good an sound. Old, an old man, just an old Lindley senior just walked in. <laughs> oh... oh. Bye, George. So today... Okay, shut up. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> What's up? What? Are we telling another story? This? No, Are he's introducing the, the program. Oh, the I'm program. just playing with my hood. Oh, the program. Hoodlum. My name. Oh, nice. I've Very the name Purge of Anarchy vibes when oh. you put your hood over your face like this when discussing America. I. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch uh, all the purges. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see Do the Right Thing. Oh, right. Yeah, we're watching like a great American movie. Hell yeah. And 35 yeah. mil. Yeah, bitch. Something to be you know proud of and something to be angry about. Spike Lee. Yeah, that film specifically. I'm going to watch all of Stranger Things 3. Oh. When did oh. that come out? It's out. No, July 4th. Literally on the 4th. Are you going to watch it? I 
hated season two. Didn't watch it? I watched season two, and I was like, why did I waste my hours? I hated season one. Well, we know. But supposedly, season three is better than season two, but I'm still not going to watch it. I watched the... You guys know this already. I watched the first two hours of Stranger Things in a Hollywood hotel with a prominent gay comedian on a Tinder date. What? Never saw him again. I I didn't know that. Yeah, you did. I did not know that. No? I'll have to tell you off mic. John Early? No. (laughs) (laughs) Joel Kim Booster? No. Cola Scola? (laughs) Matt Rogers? No. Bowen Yang? No. (laughs) Just keep naming... Michael Benjamin? No. (laughs) Michael doesn't listen to the podcast. I doubt. I don't think. That was so funny when Cam was here, fellow film fag Cameron Sheets was like visiting from Chicago before Mm. he moved here and he and Michael were FaceTiming and here in your kitchen and Michael was like, oh, Ben, it's so nice to hear your voice for the first time. Like, you don't listen to the podcast? (laughs) Rude. Who was it? Um, I'll tell you off mic. But our listeners want. Well, if the listeners listened hard enough, they do know. This <laughs> is Movies IMO. I was asked this week if I watch the Amblin Nostalgia Show, and I said, no, I have Poltergeist already. Oh, that's, nice. that's nice. literally how I feel I about Stranger Things. Like, uh, I'm not watching uh, Euphoria. There would be like something... I still yeah, haven't watched right. the 30 Dicks program. I do want to watch at least one episode. I of watched Euphoria. eight minutes of it, and I was like, I got better things to do. I Turn heard off. that the last episode has a funeral parade of roses inspired oh. sequence. Oh, but okay. I cannot be bothered to watch it. I don't watch anything. That's true. Do we need to have a big little lies corner? Five minutes. I have nothing to say about this episode. Well, I said everything I before we got on mic. I'm not going to But we have to repeat it. I'll, 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 we think it's the weakest, but not that it wasn't good, but it's just the weakest of the I season. I thought it was a very paranoid and dread-filled hour mm-hmm. where everybody knows that some that a shoe's about to drop, you know, Bonnie with her mom, mm-hmm. Madeline's marriage, Renata's bankruptcy, mm-hmm. um, obviously the way that Mary Louise is invading the lives of Celeste and also... Shailene Woodley. Um, Like everyone knows, everyone knows they're on a cliff's edge and they're waiting for someone to push them. And this this episode was just like the unbearable tension of knowing. It was a waiting Knowing you're about to, knowing you're about to fly to your rocky death. Mm -hmm. um, And just waiting for it. Now that can be even worse than the actual push. But having said that. It was table setting for me. Well, if episode two, everything happened, this episode four Nothing happened, but you're right. It's just tension. It's just literally we're just waiting. I still find the season very moving about oh, yeah. how women are forced to make their private lives public. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> and I liked the slap. The slap was important. Was that the last episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good moment. Meryl, I th- but I actually think Meryl had some of her best moments in this last episode. She did. The pizza I think scene. So also, the coffee shop scene where she talks, she sort of hints at something that happened to her in her past, but we don't know what. Yeah. It's good work. I still think that performance is super contradictory and unsettling. And she's, I just don't, I haven't seen Meryl Iron Lady excluded because she wasn't Mm. trying, I don't think she was trying to play weird. Yeah. If she was, like if she was intentionally crafting that gonzo, buck-toothed, like austere, Mm -hmm. evil great aunt, like intentionally, then I do think she deserved the Oscar, but I don't think that she did. <laughs> so this is the weirdest, I think this is the weirdest performance Meryl's given yeah. in a very long time. And it's very exciting for me, personally. I'm enjoying it. 
We are the film fags. Oh. oh, what's the name of the program? I said the name. Oh, I wasn't listening. I was I was listening to the the cockroach, the pitter patter of the cockroach. This sheep. is movies I am out. My name is Ben Empey. I'm Daniel Crook. Brandon Kirby. Today we are here to oh. talk about Ooh, movies with fireworks. No, I. <laughs> no, you have to get it right. What is it again? You say it. I don't have to pull that. Movies that have <laughs> fireworks in the background. Parentheses. Of the shot. Of the shot. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. We are talking about... I added the parentheses. Brian De Palma's Blowout. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Ang Lee's Brokeback Mountain. Oh yeah, I wish I knew how to quit that one. <laughs> whenever I whenever I say Ang Lee's name loud, I have like a frightened moment you where I'm like, Ong? "This is this the time I'm gonna say Ong?" Mm-hmm. And I don't know <laughs> what to do. I get very self conscious because I don't wanna I don't wanna be the cloying white person, so I say it Ang. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> we've got we've got five more hours to pronounce. Speaking it Ong. of Ong. We're you. also way to let your defenses down. We're also doing talking about Kenneth Onger's 1947 <laughs> nice. film Fireworks. Hot and a lastly, real banger if you ask me. A True. real bangers and mash. A real juicy affair. <laughs> I for, I saw that. What did we? Well, and then what else? Many. Oh, liquids. lastly, F. W. Murnau's Sunrise. A song. A song of how many humans? Two. Two. Dos. Two humans. So we watched Fireworks. We've already talked about Fireworks on the mic, haven't we? Yes. Because mm-hmm. we, we did it for... a Pride episode? Yes. Yeah. I forgot about the cum. Lots of cum. I forgot about the dripping white liquid all over uh-huh. our protagonist's face. Yeah. How did I forget? How could you ever forget? It was burned in my brain. I forgot about the blood. A lot of blood and cum. Well, I remember the blood. Together as one. Well, I think all these movies are dealing with passion and violence. Oh, true. interesting. Which I was thinking about in my car while I finished watching Sunrise Which on my iPhone. Which is what a firework is. That's sort of what I'm saying. God, we are good at picking themes. Um, what do Where we want, want to, to start? start with? Sunrise? Where should we begin? Shall we go in chronological order? So should we start in 1927? <coughs> yes, with Sunrise. So, what, what the hell, you guys? I mean, what the fuck with this movie? I think Sunrise a, is one of the greatest movies of all time. I know that's controversial to really? say. Really? Why is it controversial? I would agree. I'm doing a bit. Oh. Oh. <laughs> excuse me? That's, I was like, wait. Because <laughs> I, like, I old hat. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it might be... One of, it's, it's one of the best movies ever made. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously technologically groundbreaking. Yeah. It With takes the, my breath away just the camera moving forward through mm-hmm. traffic and not just the visual effects and choreography of the, you know, the whirring cars in the middle of the street, just that the camera is moving with the characters yeah. mm-hmm. feels very revolutionary. Yeah. Correct me if it I'm was. wrong. Is it the first narrative? No. 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 Okay. I but, it, but it does have a very strong narrative. Because I remember I watched it. I'm trying to think back to like... It is the first movie that moves the camera, basically. Okay, great. It like literally is the first movie. Is it the first movie to employ... Flashback? 
Well, the edit the editing is fascinating in this movie. It yeah. is. When we the when we go when, when we cut to the dissolving. city woman reading the newspaper and it says mm-hmm. wanted if you're a farmer and you want to move to the big old city, we'll buy the farm from you. <sighs> and then we cut back to our protagonist as they're gallivanting around mm-hmm. the carnival. Mm-hmm. And just the the para, would that be parallel editing? I mean, all yeah. it, all it is is just a quick cutaway, but mm-hmm. in terms of shaping and manipulating the time and space, it's very sophisticated. Yeah. Even and if it's fairly crude at the same time, because it's just like a quick cutaway. When still. he and the mistress are canoodling in the in the beginning, mm-hmm. and the the background oh, becomes the city. That's, it's a really big. Deal. That's, that's insane. It's that's, a really big deal. Yeah. All the fade, all like the the, the fades, not fades, but the, well, cross uh, dissolving. Maybe? Cross dissolve is my thinking, but I mean it's double exposure basically. Yes. Yeah. But it or double yeah. Well, They're doing different back projecting. It adds this dream layer onto yeah. a story that, in theory, is fairly rote. Yeah. Just a guy is cheating on his wife. They decide. And it's regressive too. Yeah, absolutely. They decide to bump off the wife. He decides not to. He and the wife have a wonderful date, a wonderful night on the town. It's Theodore Dreiser's American Tragedy. It's what it is. Is that what it's based off? No, but that is what the. It's a place. It's a classic American story. Yes, right. But my my point is is that you wouldn't necessarily think that this movie lends itself any epic quality. Yeah. Or any dreamlike quality for that matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, except for the American dream of it all. But when you get just the. I'm really moved by the scene of the man sitting at a table or something yeah he's like sitting at a table and or sitting alone in a room and then we see like an apparition of his lover like oh wrap his, yeah wrap that shot around that's his shoulders. insane so good and then we get his, so the ghost good. of his wife like mm-hmm. down at his knee uh-huh. just like the way that this movie is articulating a thought process uh-huh. and a, 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 yes. a literal a literal haunting uh of, of thought here as both of these women appear as apparitions mm-hmm. it's astounding and just the choreography i mean not choreography is not the right word although that's also true with the camera movement but the just the how meticulous the framing is to get that double exposure just right, right. Uh, like so much care and craft goes into this. Mm-hmm. It's it's astonishing. Mm-hmm. This I mean this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I was thinking yeah. as I was watching it yeah. this time that yeah. Uh, um yeah. And also very haunting. A lot of like, like what you're saying about the thought process stuff, if someone was making this movie today, they would just cut to like a memory you're being forced or something to something because you can't like that is just not in vogue right now. But that's what's so exciting about silent cinema and like the beginning of golden age cinema Mm -hmm. is the limitations that I don't even think these filmmakers recognize them as limitations, which Uh is we have to express in this frame. We have a very limited set of tools. How can we, how can we innovate? How can we imagineer uh, copyright? Hate to give Disney a a plug on the pod, but forgive me cinema. How how can I bring this dream to life? Yeah. And so you get you like you see people taking risks and doing really interesting stuff like this with the double exposure, um, and you know like that's why in a movie like Eve's Bayou in the '90s, there's this incredible shot where uh, through a we do a flashback in the same shot by way of a mirror, but oh. we are like the camera's going back and forth from the living room that they're in like to the mirror, which is also oh. in an armoire in the room. The mirror is a reflection of, a, of of something that happened in the past in that room. Oh. And so, like the choreography. Oh, it's unbelievable! I need Um, to see this before the film Harriet comes out. Oh, right, because Cassie Cassie Lemons is directing the Harriet movie. Yeah. Um, Oh, Eve's Bayou is astonishing. I'm so glad I got to finally see it. But you get so excited when you see him like new. That movie's 25 years old or whatever. Mm -hmm. 20, 90. I I don't know. Over like 20 years old, whatever. 
um, you get really excited when people are doing stuff like that in the frame rather than yeah. just cut right. or add a CGI visual effect. Because mm-hmm. movies like, you know, the Buster Keaton movies uh, or, or the Harry Lloyd movies rather, which I like the best, those are just rife with visual effects. Mm-hmm. I mean, safety last. Yeah, I mean, you've probably seen the video of him hanging from the clock tower and how it they, they simulated the effect yeah. of him being above 20 stories, but it looks so goddamn real. So yeah, there's man. always been visual effects in the movies, but... There's a lot more like engineering to them, and they're so practical. Anyway, practical effects, blah blah blah. But it's practical effects. But practical good? effects are a good thing. Good. I would have to say a good thing. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, <clears throat> Christopher Nolan in Inception uh, <laughs> mostly relied on practical visual effects, which was a little bit wow. of a, a little bit of a counterpunch to the prevailing notion in the uh, action cinema at the time. Uh, oh, predominantly uh, uh, CGI driven and uh, a lot of cheats with big Godzilla monsters. Remember uh, Dunkirk. Ooh, do I ever? A lot of practical effects about, in that did one. Did we talk about Dunkirk on this podcast? No, we no, did not. But I had it on my year-end yet. list, bitch. Oh, we didn't. Yeah. What? Oh, wow. We didn't. We weren't doing the podcast yet. Really? Uh, time it was. Flies. We started in the fall of 2017. And it came out summer. Summer. It was a summer release. <laughs> Who can forget? A summer film. Never forget I, that trailer. I remember I drove, tick, 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 I drove to <laughs> Burbank tick, tick, on tick. opening I night. It, I saw it in Burbank. Just because that's where they were in doing it in 70 IMAX. Yeah. The only way to experience that motion picture. The only way. The only way. The only way. Well, I'm just glad I watched Sunrise like F.W. Murnau <laughs> intended. On my iPhone, <laughs> parked in the sun in Hollywood. I was thinking about that movie the other day because I was watching something that had that did a dropping of an announcement, you know, X-Rex. with a million letters, which is what the opening oh, of Dunkirk is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was in The Time That Remains, mm. Elias Suleiman's 2009 comedy mm. about about time the formation the comedy. formation of Israel. The time remained. From the perspective of a Palestinian family. It's very funny. It sounds fascinating. Did you have a laugh? I did. It was very funny. Rife with cultural import. Sociopolitically, too. Sunrise. Good movie. Academy Award winner for Best Actress is what I was going to say. Well, she's. it's like listed as like several movies that she wins it for, but that was one of them. We're saying this is the one. Yeah. We're, We're making the definitive call. What a painful performance. I know. When she sees that her husband wants to toss her off the boat. <gasps> just that like 15 minutes longer maybe. Of where just she's just, like running mm-hmm. away from just him. Just terrified. And it he's reminded, like, don't be afraid of me. It reminded, <laughs> some bread. It, <laughs> I always find a good it's hunk like, Get the fuck <laughs> away from sourdough me. me down. I was going yeah, to tweet. Like a little I'm, I bread. also cry while eating bread often. <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely it reminds me of possession when they're running around oh, in, in the restaurants yeah. and everything. It's terrifying. It's ter- I mean, it's terrifying. And then somehow they she have runs a into traffic. Day together. I do love the shot with all the cars and they're mm-hmm. honking. Oh, they're it's just well, like when they're they're walking through traffic. This is a different yeah. walking through traffic with the camera yeah. following. But they're walking through traffic in the center of the frame. It's like mm-hmm. a medium shot. And then all of a sudden, they're just like walking through a garden or something. Yeah. Or like they're walking in space. It's a yeah. funny shot because you're, changes all of a sudden. you're like, yeah. they already did this in real life. Why are they doing it as rear projection now? Mm-hmm. And then and you're you like, oh, because yeah. oh, it's, it's a so, dream. It's so cool. It's so good. But then by, cut, so by cutting good. all the insert shots of people honking their horns and mm-hmm. pulling their brakes, it like lends this reality to it mm-hmm. that's sort of masking the rear projection. I mean, I doubt audiences were like, hey, what do you see? That doesn't look right. 
Nah, I don't I mean, think I so. I don't think like, so. What are 1927 audiences? How are they reacting to they this? They were probably just like, this is that, uh... mesmerizing. Right? I mean, they were seeing things they had never seen. <laughs> I heard that Teddy Roosevelt's got a cousin. He says he's going to do great things for this country. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part is when the subtitle, when she goes, what if she drowned? And then the, and then the it drowns. So it, great. It sinks a I was going to. The drowning is very evocative. I was going to bring up the fact that I don't know any other silent movie where the intertitles are part of the aesthetic of the film. They're having so Uh, much fun. Yeah. They're like, you, you can't change them. In every other silent movie I think I've seen, you could like swap it out for, I don't know, a different font. You know, sure. just like something this font, is font, but this is part, part of the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing is taken for granted in this movie. No. I would have to agree. You know? Yeah. Including love. Love. Love is not taken for granted. Well, it is Devastating at first. betrayal. Mm-hmm. He almost loses her. And he's karma. like, what have I done? And then, Cruel karma. And then they go to a wedding, and the, well, pa- what I, the pastor says some very patriarchal things. He's like, she's young. You got to take care of her. Tell mm-hmm. her, you got to teach her the rope. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's big, she's uh, brought out of what she tells, and you got to show her the way. Show her the way. Are they a big bear? Like, is that where they shoot that? I have no the, idea where I they think are. they must have shot that in But what I, a shot that I like in the movie is after they view the wedding, mm-hmm. and they, then they're like, you know, we got married one time. <laughs> like, does this remind you of anything? You and me? Uh, what, are you got, what are you thinking about? And that's the moment that they decide to go on a wonderful date together. Yeah. But they then descend the church steps while everyone is waiting for the actual, the newly, the newlyweds to walk down. And then they walk down instead. And it's just a wonderful image, I think. It's I a renewal it. of their vows. Let's talk about the pig. Do you want to talk about the pig? Uh, the, the, pig. the pig is perhaps the most important moment in all of cinema. I agree. That alcoholic little pig. Isn't the first time we see the pig when it goes down the little slide? Yeah, oh, because yeah. when you <laughs> poke the hole, the pig's going to roll. The pig rolls. World, the hashtag world pride. I wrote, it down, I wrote it down, but you just said it. That's the best interstitial in the whole movie. Let me pull yes. it up. When you hit the hole, the pig starts to roll. Mm. Or the pig's going to roll. Yeah, he does. Which, you know, evocative. It it's, a, it's evocative. It's a carnival game. You know, you throw a little baseball at a target and a little pig goes running down the chute. Squeak! But what I like about that squealing little pig is how... He, he knocks over the wine and then the wine is painted on the ground. Well, he's very... It, it, I, I saw myself related in that pig. Me mm. and pride. Like, me me, me getting to Akbar. I'm running through the room with all the beautiful mm. painted people. And hit the me. hole. Make the little piggy roll. Oh. I'm going to tweet it hit, from our account. Hit the hole. Make I'm gonna, the little piggy roll. I'm going to hit the hole. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh anyway, God. Anyway, I like when the pig. I like the pig when when the pig knocks over the wine and has a little sip. Yeah. But I also like how everyone's scared of the pig. And mm. He's just running through high society. Doesn't give a shit. Mm. It was a great reminder of why I'm going to get a pet pig at some oh. point in the future. Don't pigs you, are the best. Don't you just want to pick up that pig and give him a little kiss? Mm-hmm. I definitely do. Pigs are so smart. So they're so smart. That's why I. That's why I don't eat pig. They're so smart, but they're so cute. They have they such. Are. They get their little hairy nose. It's true. Soft, but a little hairy. It's true. Hit the hole. <laughs> Make the little piggy roll, Brandon. Okay, so next is uh, fireworks. <laughs> oh, are we done? That's with a good sunrise? transition. <coughs> yes. Sure. <laughs> All right. I the the pushing out of the boat. Uh, the, the fantasy in this movie too. Mm-hmm. Is blends really well with with reality. It reminds me of David Lynch. I had the exact same. This thought. movie is very very Lynchian. Lynchian. It's super. Yes. I was one, I meant to yes. check if he claims to be a fan of this movie, and I forgot to do it's, it. It's yeah. Well, the opening it has a of Mulholland head. Drive with the jitterbug. 
Yeah, and Eraserhead too. But just the images mm-hmm. fading into each other of yeah. the, the close-ups mixing with all the kicking ladies. And it's very, very sunrise. I mean, this movie starts with some crazy superimposing images. Mm-hmm. Also, kind of reminds me of the split diopter shots. Oh, in and Brian De Palma's blowout. Blowout. Did I call it blow up when no, I was you doing did not. the you got it right. intro? Okay, because all of a sudden I'm like, oh wait, well, did it, I do that wrong? It, I also didn't realize this a is homage. a redoing. It's, of an, homage. it's an homage. Yeah, it's not officially, but it is. It's, but it's, it's an argument for why sound is just as important to a movie than the image. Yes, as the image. Lucrecia would Lucrecia agree. Martel would have to Brilliant agree. movie. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, oh my God. I just wanted to say about uh, Sunrise, if you didn't see my tweet earlier. Pulling up my Twitter. F.W. Pulling up Twitter. Murnau oh, I, I died I in 1931 being, he was... Um, being filleted. He well. He was filleting. He was. Fill- I got the details wrong in my tweet. He was doing the filleting of the fourteen-year-old Filipino boy who was Yikes. driving the car to Santa Barbara, and and they crashed. And, and so he was being filleted, and he drove the car off the road. Mm-hmm. That was history. Well, in nineteen thirty-one. Wow. Wow. No comment. <laughs> Wait, is it cliche to tweet that image of... Um, Hit the hole? No. Well, I already did that. Um, I wanna, I'm going to give it a like. Of like, happy 4th of July, and it's, I forget her name from Blowout, doing her arm outreach with the American flag in the background. Oh, people do that every year. People yeah. do that all the time. Yeah. All right, great. It's an important I part. did not realize that image. I know that from image that. so yeah. well. And then when it happened, I was like, <gasps> holy shit. It is yeah. devastating. That image is one of the best images ever in cinema. I would Correct. have to agree. It's the importance of that low angle shot. Like yes. what you can really capture with that in terms of a, not just a, like a sort of a, a, a unsettlingly obscure depth of field, but you are able to take what is like on a Y axis mm-hmm. and push it into the back of the shot rather mm-hmm. than the top of the shot. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about that shot with the fireworks. In Shall we get into blowout and s- we'll come back to fireworks and yeah, not go in chronological order? Sure, fireworks will come up with all of them. We're already talking. Oh, about and when it. we're done, I want to rank the fireworks scenes. Oh, I would like to do that. We we, we like to rank on the show. Oh, oh. we do that like to. Rank. I'm pulling eyes. rank. On okay, so blowout. Wow, John Travolta. I just sorry, I just realized our Fourth of July episode is coming out after the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Good good job for everybody. That's hey, who gives a shit? Like it, we're not we're rip. not celebrating this year. No. You say who gives a flying fuck? No, I say. Why don't you go punch some sand? Go pound some sand. Yeah, go, go pound, pound some sand. Some go sand. Yeah, let's see. You have some say sand. Let's see what you have to say. Let's see what you got to say here. Let's see what you got to pound. Okay, sorry. <laughs> what you were saying? This year you got to pound that let's hole. <laughs> the piggy's got to roll. Yeah, let's, let's see what the piggy has to roll. <laughs> So, Blowout as a film. I love an inside joke about Peter Lou, a film nobody <laughs> saw. I know! Yeah, let's see what he has to say. <coughs> okay, sorry. sorry, What the fuck out. is Blowout about? He's a sound. He's a sound. Guy. He's a sound editor, I'm a sound mixer. Guy. And He's a sound. If I say I'm a sound guy, you will agree. <laughs> when he points his rod. Why don't I hear this? <laughs> What's the, what's the actual quote? When uh, why don't I own when, this? Why, why, don't, why I... don't I own this? Why don't I own this? 
When when somebody, why don't I hear this? Why don't I hear this? When somebody's doing ADR and they're sort of mumbling their lines, she's like, "Don't be thick in front of me, Al." <laughs> That's when John Travolta refers to the blowout. The okay. titular blowout. Me, me titular wait, blowout. wait. Me, it, when, when, what year did this movie come out? 1981. Me in 1981, <laughs> turning to my date, when John Travolta refers to the, the blowout tire in Blowout. That's Blowout. <laughs> That's yes. Chappaquiddick. Thank you. That's basically what they're the movie, doing. The movie is like about Chappaquiddick. Mm-hmm. Mm. When did mm. Chappaquiddick happen? Great. I don't know. Oh, so it is about Chappaquiddick. I mean, it's gotta well, be. Well, it was in the news. It was in the news. So who wants to see what blow it's about? I didn't get to rewatch it for this. Blowout is about. That's the blowout. A sound mixer. That's the blowout. The, they're, they're working on a picture. And yeah, on a movie. Yeah, a little they have to record it. They got to record a new scream, but the director is also like, I need better wind. That's <laughs> opening, oh. That opening horror oh. stuff. It's so good. Well, Brian De Palma, It's an homage to his own earlier work. Yeah, Dre- well, it's, it's so good. It's an homage to like Dress to Kill, mm-hmm. and in Dress to Kill is an homage to Hitchcock. I yeah. mean, Dress to Kill is a vile and transphobic film, but the first half is some of the best visual storytelling I've ever seen in my fucking life. Mm-hmm. Like the stalking through the museum, yeah. like it makes Vertigo into a slasher film, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's also psycho because he kills off Angie Dickinson halfway through the movie. Right. Spoiler alert, it's transphobic, you don't have to watch it. But right. yes. That same that same like POV. With love to skip the it. same POV the same POV, honestly watch the first hour of Dress to Kill. But the um yeah, the POV, like the horror film So the yeah, the movie that he has to get the screen for is a slasher film. Mm-hmm. Like a, a sort of a like Friday the thirteenth, like Somewhat misogynistic, like killing. Like we're just outside killing. the sorority house. Yeah, killing. Yeah. One girl's ladies. fucking. Two other girls are like topless. dancing topless. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a great commentary on a type of movie that is starting to show up around now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In nineteen eighty one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then let me check my history on that. When did Friday the Thirteenth come out? Like seventy nine. I think that's right. Okay. And then, as he's recording wind sound with his rod, he's like, "Hold on a second. He, I don't like that. Let me record." The other side. He hears. Nice. Nice. He hears the blowout. 1980. Yes, the titular blowout. He hears the titular blowout, and then he sees and records on his audio recorder. So not with the camera, just the sound. Which is just as important as the Everyone, just the sound. Of course, later he's like, there happened to be a photographer (laughs) in the area who also got some pictures, and together the sound and the image bring us the truth. Uh, mm. It's, but it's yes, a movie about He sees movie a car go off the bridge into the lake. He jumps down. He rescues the woman that's in the car. Yes. And there was another body that did not make it. Some sort of, uh, you know, New England senator. It was very clear. There's As we're doing editing earlier, it's on the news, like, this person is polling so well, he will surely be the next president he of the United the States. Bond, but I even though that's user. totally like exposition, the way it's it works because it's like that shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am I trying? The, in the apartment, whatever. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's over credits. <laughs> it's it's showing you know what John Travolta does for a living so it's expository but it works mm-hmm. I, can, I couldn't agree more Chappaquiddick was in 69 oh so it had been it in the news for early. about 12 years nice I didn't realize oh there's John Travolta I didn't realize Ted Kennedy was on the scene oh yeah for that long absolutely hmm. anyway 
Nancy Allen when you is hit, extraordinary in this movie. She's so she's giving. Good. She's doing like Gloria Graham. I was about to say Gloria yeah, Graham. She's doing like high. Uh, John. What's it? What's the term? Pipsqueak. No. I stand a pipsqueak. Breathy. A femme fatale. She's. She's doing a hardcore femme fatale yeah. situation and there. And also what she's wearing. Uh, mm, it's like a mm-hmm. street walking from, from friend fatale, if you yeah. will. Sort of a friend fatale. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird that they release her from the hospital the night that she... Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't want to touch her with a 10-foot pole. They didn't. They that, sent her home. We did. We disrespect sex workers in this culture. And I'm sure in 1991, that hospital was the exact same yeah. thing. It like makes sense when you think about it. But it's like, huh. They just they They were like, you got to go. Get gotta get out of here. You gotta get out. I don't, no, one, no one can be here. Well, it's go. also like they were, it's because the hospital's in cahoots with the government. Right. Right. And, and they, they didn't want anything to do with They don't want any her. survivors here, which is right. why John Lithgow and Dennis Franz? Yeah. Dennis Franz and Uh-huh. That's Dennis they're, Franz. They're like- Four-time Emmy Award winner. They're like plotting to take her out because they need to yeah. tie up the bow of the mm-hmm. scandal. There mm-hmm. can't be any mm-hmm. loose threads. Mm-hmm. Can't be getting back. And out. the other guy's like, I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want anyone murdered. <laughs> no, never. It's the big democratic machine. And J- John Lithgow's like, yeah. He's, John Lithgow's so slimy. He is ready to do murder. He's excited and ready. So that's a terrifying performance because you can tell he really likes to kill. Yeah. He loves to kill. Oh, uh, when he kills. He loves the, the strength. That's, by the way, that, that's like. Kind of a joke, kind of an homage to the classic Scott Ackerman tweet where he's like, he's like, it seems that what's so unsettling about the Joker is that he enjoys crime. Or like <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I don't know that tweet. It's funny. <laughs> but. He takes pleasure in crime? I love when Ooh. John Lithgow kills the, the sex worker in oh, the bathroom. So except that she's brushing her teeth in the stall. That's a little weird for me. Oh, sure. <laughs> There's a mirror in the stall, and she's brushing her, so she's brushing her teeth in the stall. Anyway, well, hmm. some people like to brush in the shower. It's some true. Some people like to brush on the in the stall on the on the, on the toilet on the pot. <laughs> on the pot. Some people like to brush in front of the bathroom mirror. Mm-hmm. It's sort of to each her own. This movie's ending makes me think of Nashville. <gasps> Totally. Well, absolutely, especially with the American iconography uh, providing a backdrop for... A condemnation uh, of the Americagna. What? The Americagna? Americagna? <laughs> the Americagna I was brand. going for American Dream, <laughs> but it's not quite American Dream. I meant to say Americana. Mother Americagna. Americagna. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, yes, God. it's it, okay, it's just deeply... It just... it It's a... It's a it's then a it, critique. Then, then doing bartending. <laughs> it's a just dis- for myself. It's a critique <laughs> of the America. Beer? Is there any more beer? Yeah, I'd love the beer. It's hot. It's getting a little hot in here. Yes. I'm using my laptop as a fan. <laughs> um. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. I, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Daniel, read my mind. Mm. I, I mean, he's it's, thinking about that pig in sunrise. <laughs> it's that image. You, it's the, it's the image of a shrieking woman being pulled back by a man against the American flag. Yeah. Oh, that America. Is it's just about how America, America is fucked. Well, it's about yes. how this pe- is America. It's about how a lot of evil literally hides itself in the flag in broad daylight. Yes. Yeah, in the flag. It's almost like an like like an evil person would hug a flag on a stage. Would you might drape think. themselves in the flag to make you think <laughs> that they. Like liberty, yeah, equality, fraternity, and 
<laughs> if we were in France. And she, hell yeah, she dies mm-hmm. and she lives on in that scream. That mm-hmm. moment fucked me up. She becomes like, holy she, shit. She's... John Lithgow or John Lithgow. John Travolta records the scream. Mm-hmm. It ends up being she's wired. That's right. So that he yeah. can track her yeah. as right. she's going. She, they think she's meeting a journalist that wants to crack this thing wide open on air. And John Lithgow played intercepts. By, played by a four-year-old Ronan Farrow. Yes. Yeah. John. <laughs> what? what? I, can't, I can't stop coughing. Oh, my it's God. It's everyone's sick right now. Yeah. John Lithgow is able to cut off John Travolta's uh, phone line, and he calls Nancy Allen as the, the guy, Great. as the journalist. He's very convincing. He's like, yeah, you got, a, you got an obligation before the state. Got to mm-hmm. do truth. You want to do some truth with me? Like, it does like to do bother me just a little bit that when Nancy Allen goes to John Travolta's and says, yeah, he called me, and John Travolta's like, how to you get your number? Nancy Allen's like, how, you didn't give it to him? Well, journalists just find people's numbers. John Travolta's never like, let me call him. Well, don't you think that's like also <laughs> buying into uh, this idea? <laughs> well, that, no, no, that's a good point. But the idea that the journalist is doing their job to get to the truth. No, to, to, it's like I would American tomorrow. I would believe it, but also because Nancy Allen's like we've been trying, we've both been trying to call you all day, and your phone is off the hook. He never picks up his phone. No, he does pick up his phone. He, but he doesn't see, tell anyone like leave and call I'll me. I'll tell you why. It's because <clears throat> he just can't stand the poor audio quality like on the that f- phone. He's such an audiophile. I guess it's different in, in the age of cell phones, where I could just be like, call my phone then if well, it's not going through like, and, like 75% prove it to me. of our right, favorite movies what phone would she have used to right, call she'd have his to leave. 75% of our favorite movies are ruined as soon as you introduce cell phone technology right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. double indemnity for instance mm-hmm. you know it's true ruined yeah you haven't seen it well I'm just agreeing with you we're gonna go in two weeks or whatever when it's on the big screen I think it's See the you there. day before <laughs> Outfest and so I, oh. will, I will be there isn't it on Thursday night so oh, that's I opening night on Wednesday I could be wrong no but I think it will be <laughs> no. <laughs> well, won't you then go to Outfest opening night Thursday? If it's so, it's then you won't. It's be able on to Thursday. Go, I think it's the same night we as can, opening night. We can discuss the scheduling of this film later. You could go to Double Indemnity <laughs> and then go to the party. That's afterwards. true. But I want to see Circus of Books. It's so good. I want to see Circus of Cox. Circus oh. of Books, opening night at Outfest, will be available on Netflix soon. Oh. Ryan Murphy picked it up out of Tribeca. It is an incredible documentary. You'll all get to see it. It's wonderful. It is on. Having said that, if you Oh, it's on Thursday Los- the 11th. Well, then everything's great. So it's a week early. Everything's great. Oh! Hell yeah. But I have a work, I have a work commitment. Oh, well, Brandon. I also go. might have a work commitment. God damn it. You wanna... should go. God damn, son of a bitch. God damn it. Do you know how many times I've seen Double Indemnity in, so on the big screen in 35mm? It's probably more than any other movie that I've seen in 35. I just would like to throw that out there. 2001 to A Space Odyssey is the movie I've seen the most times in 35 in this mm. town. Because it, play- it, it plays constantly. Yes. I think I saw it. Well, I think I've only seen it twice. <laughs> Have you <laughs> noticed that the American Cinematheque has stopped doing West Side Story in 70 as often as they used to? And that's no. offensive to me. Wait, the I would love to see that. Well, what has anyone heard anything about that Netflix? Speaking of Netflix, mm. has anyone heard anything about that Netflix deal? No. No. It's sort of been silent for the past few months. One must wonder what's going on. Yeah. The Arrow is under renovations. The, is it? The for Ar- July. Oh, is that the, why? I was wondering why the there Arrow, wasn't more happening. But the Arrow is not going to be impacted by the Netflix deal. <laughs> right. So that's it's assuming it goes through. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was at the Arrow the other day. I was recording a podcast. I plugged ours. Why is this? Hell yeah. I was there for Lynn Shelton's Sorry, I'm not saying sister, why sister. about you plugging like, the podcast. Like, what's your... You have bad taste. Why? Can I talk about Lynn Shelton? Yeah, let's see what he has to say. <laughs> so Lynn Shelton sat right behind. She's the sweetest woman so on the So you went you went to a Lynn Shelton retrospective. Yes, I saw... The Arrow in Santa Monica. Yes, to get to regional I saw your sister's sister. And Lynn Shelton sits right behind me. And you could just hear her laughing along. Mm. Sitting next to her cinematographer, just laughing along with everyone. I should have gone. I was watching Ali at home Ew. to keep up on blank track. You're doing Michael Mann right now. It was such a lovely experience. I love That's her. That's a wonderful movie. It's a wonderful movie. I should have gone. It's great. Your sister's sister came out at a time when a lot of people were really sick of the American mumblecore movement. Mumblecore. And I think that that sort of impacts the lens in which mm. that movie was viewed through. That I, makes sense. I don't actually think it's super indicative of, like, Andrew Pritchett's I only remember anyway. positive feedback it's about so it. so good. But maybe I'm just insulated with who I look at. It's so fucking good. Critically. I wasn't on Twitter it's, then. Well, like, this was when Rosemarie DeWitt's legendary string of performances. So you've mm-hmm. got, should have won the Oscar in 2008 for Rachel Getting Married. Yes. Or at least been nominated. Should have been nominated for Your Sister's Sister. Should have been nominated for Mad Men. And then, no, season one. No, because Midge is around this time, too. Uh-huh. Season one is around this time, too. United States of Terror is around She's this great. time. Yes. United States of Terror. So she should be getting Emmys. She should be getting Oscars. When Midge comes back on Mad Men. That's and she's brutal. a junkie. That's brutal. It is brutal. I love the episodes of Mad Men and The Sopranos, but mostly <clears throat> Mad Men where we get sort of a, sort of a brief... A glimpse. We, we the the past catches up with our characters in the uh-huh. present for like one episode at a time. Yeah, and then like in the Sopranos, I'm thinking more of the whole season arc with the two Tonys. Yeah, uh, but how I'm gonna start my Sopranos rewatch back up when I'm on season five. Well, I'm thrilled to pieces now that I'm done with Game of Thrones. We can talk about Game of Thrones. So we can, can I make my joke really quick? I yeah. have a joke that I just formulated in my brain. Yeah, great. When you hit the hole and the pig rolls. <laughs> wait, no. When you hit the hole too hard and the pig's rolling, oh. that's the blowout. Thank you. Oh. Anyway, so Ben <laughs> just finished watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> I did. I think we're on the end. My whole thing about this last season of Game of Thrones is I love the way, I love where the story goes. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. We need about That's four. That's me leaving because I don't watch it. We mm-hmm. need about four more episodes in this thing just to pat it out with boring conversation. Yeah, like when the Hound and Arya leave Winterfell to go to King's Landing in season two. That would have been an entire episode them riding together, being like, right. ah, "Pass the mutton. You're full of shit." No, right. I'm learning from you. I'm mm-hmm. learning from you too. And then they get to King's Landing. Like perhaps one might suggest that season seven and season eight should have been 10 episodes each. Or one might suggest that after they ran out of source material, Mm -hmm. they uh, could not reach the depths of plotting and character development that George R. R. Martin set up for them. That is also true. I I was was saying to someone that uh, I feel like if this plot had been supported by books first, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the audience would have gagged for it. Because I think you can, I think people are less 
interested in fan service when you read a book. And I think a lot of the complaints come down to... Well, it's not fan to, service, it's just completion of an arc. And I think a lot of... But I think a lot of what people were complaining about is that they didn't get certain satisfactory moments. But this show is against satisfactory moments. Here's what... I agree with you on that. Where I will push this, back this is... This show ends with... Like, it's ba- it basically peters out. Yeah, that's what I love about... See, Same. you and my dad think that there should be an extra beat before Jon Snow is denied the crown. Mm-hmm. I love how it just stopped dead in his tracks. Like, that story's over now. <laughs> like, the whole thing you've been spending eight seasons leading up to, yeah. forget about it. It's done. It I didn't just, go the way you wanted. I just now don't five believe that Sansa is not going to argue for it. You don't think you think Sansa wants to be queen? No, I think Sansa is going to say John is the son. Of I think I think that Sansa. I think that Sansa knows that Rhaegar. Grey Worm mm-hmm. could point his spear at her. Totally, he could command the. I just like. Solid. I just need to see that. I feel that in the show. I feel that. I do think that there is sort of an ellipsis there where maybe it has been argued. Right. We didn't see it. I just but need I, but to like see I'm it. Saying, the, this this season removed all the ellipses, mm-hmm. and I need to know I agree. just the the boring A to B. It's also like I'm just like, really, Cersei would have had a backup plan to this plan. I just I, believe well, she would. Or or if we spent more time with Cersei this season, this could be an ultimate moment of hubris. Brandon is literally surfing the web. Yeah. Well, I literally have nothing to say. No, I, know. I, I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny. I think <laughs> Lena Headey got dealt a really bad deal this season. She did. And I hope that she fucking wins the Emmy for Best Supporting Actress as a consolation. Piece. I mean, she should just for the body of work. That's what I'm show. saying. She's easily the best actor on the show. I uh, 100%. Say. But it's sort of like when Ben Mendelsohn won the Emmy for Best Supporting Actor on mm-hmm. Bloodline for season two after the character was <clears throat> killed and was only in flashback. They gave it to him because Danny was such an incredible creation in the first season. Sure. And so I'm total, and I'm fine with that precedent because Ben yeah. Mendelsohn as Danny on Bloodline is one of the great TV performances of the last decade. Even if you don't like the show, yeah, Mendelsohn is unfucking believable. The way that he's twisting your sympathies and your anger at it's a great performance. <clears throat> um, so I hope Lena Headey wins the Emmy, yeah. even though she got Delta Raw deal. And I don't have a problem with the story arc for Danny. You know, not at all. But again, we need a couple more scenes of yeah. her. Sort of uh, stewing and being betrayed mm-hmm. and and like killing Varys is not enough. Right. When in that same episode you burn down King's Landing, it's yeah. the same episode, right? I think it's the same episode. Yes, 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 yes. That's it no. Is. Varys is killed. He should be killed like two episodes <laughs> right. prior. And then we're seeing the slow More. transformation. The amount of time the between the battle with the army of the dead the battle of winterfell and the burning of a king's landing there should just be more time because we don't spend a lot of time with danny in that like two episodes there just isn't enough time it's almost like Benioff and weiss couldn't balance the vast array of characters and plot lines that they were be that they were supposed to resolve at this point they gave them not that everyone has to get equal time, but it was a complete... There was not your balance. It was a complete imbalance. It's it's kind of like Benioff and Weiss want to get started on their Star Wars show. It's almost like Benioff and Weiss want to do their uh, they got slave a, show. It's almost like Benioff and Weiss got a Disney deal, and they're like, fuck, yeah, fuck this. You. Fuck AT&T. Let me say two more things about Game of Thrones. <clears throat> I seem to be the only person in the world who doesn't think that the Battle of Winterfell was too dark. And the reason why is because this is the blackest night that the world has ever seen. Winter Fair. is here... Everyone, all the humans, they're used to seeing, even in the dark. You know, they live, you know, imagine it gets dark very early in Winterfell. I think it makes a lot of sense to, like, tone it down, like, six more tenths. 
to where the viewer is thrust into this sort of confusion yeah. uh, and seeming imminent death all around them. So I did not think it was too dark. I will say, to that point, though, when the Blu-ray comes out, it's going to look so much better. Well, I know. I, well, because they're going to lighten it. But but my point is, it's not about it looking best. Like, it's not about but it's gonna be beautiful image. But it's going to be clearer what's happening. There was a lot of I don't know what's I happening. I didn't have a problem with that. And maybe that's my TV. I've got a shitty problem. But. Did you watch it in the day or the night? I watched it at night. And you, God, I watched it at night, too. But I have a problem. I was watching Blu-rays. I remember when you Brandon. I was watching blu-ray rip for okay. season six and seven sure. and then season eight are rips of the tv broadcast sure. and the look of them is vastly superior from the okay. blu-ray rips. Right. I feel that. just they're feel just that. the image is nicer i think you're right and it's easier to see. the blacks are blacker i think you're probably right about that and the the contrast is better yeah i'll take a better contrast it's just sure. muddier Right. And I think some of that is okay. Yeah. I think it should be hard to see. This is the battle for life and death <laughs> in the world. Anyway, my second point oh, is... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, the uh, be, based on the what the end of the show ends up being, I love that uh, that Battle of Winterfell ends basically with a deus ex machina. It's yes. Arya, but I love it because it basically says... Our Everything sense. is kind Our of sense. random. Yes. Like it like they were going to lose unless this happened. Exactly, which and, was always but it did which happen. was always in the DNA of the show. Yeah. Like an element of chaos yeah. and, and, and random things happening. And in the moment I was a little like okay. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to say that. Okay. But yeah. But then when the show it ended, works. I was like, Oh yeah. It works. It's also a little on the nose when the dragon burns that melts the iron It's a throne. little on the nose. It's a little I, on the nose. I enjoyed that. I saw that episode. <laughs> I, Did you? <laughs> I watched only the finale. That's Oh, I didn't know I that. Think it was okay I watched the series finale. It's, it's okay. not subtle. It works. It's And that's like the opposite of fan service. Even mm-hmm. though it is so on the nose, it's more just like, fuck your expectations. Yeah. <clears throat> fuck this battle. It's all over. But I, well, we should wrap this up because we should get Brandon back in here. But <laughs> I've been doing scheduling. Oh, okay, for the pod. Well, I'm figuring out when I'm seeing Once Upon a Time Different in Hollywood. Movies. I'm seeing it Monday the 29th. Okay. So can we record that episode Tuesday the 30th? No, we're we've already discussed we're doing it Thursday. I think of the second or whatever. Yeah. What? But I might have to change that. Okay. I, we'll we'll see. We'll talk off mic. But I don't have to see because that's the weekend of Outfest. Okay, but let's not talk about this on the mic. Let's talk about Game of Thrones for 20 minutes, but as soon as we talk about the podcast scheduling, I'm like... Yeah, fuck that. I'm like, this sucks. I want to see Herbie fully loaded 2 p.m. at the New Bev. Directed by Angela Robinson. Hell yeah. I think that if there were books to underpin all of this, I don't know how much more of a... I don't know how much more of a difference that would have made, considering most of the viewers are not book readers. Maybe. True. Yeah. True. It would have been a great moment for book readers to be like, y'all think you wasted your time. Right. Can Game of Thrones fans read? Nope. (laughs) Just kidding. I can read. (laughs) Because I just feel like when the Red Wedding happened, I guess it was just the book readers were like... Oh, I took glee. Like, neener, neener. Yeah. It was big. It was big neener, neener moment. Because a lot of people were upset. Yeah. Anyway. We're over an hour already. So, So Brandon, Brandon, what do you want to talk about next? The score is flawless. It upsets me that they wouldn't let the Loretta Lynn song be nominated for best original song because it was not over the credits. It was. Uh, it's only featured when after after Heath Ledger is like 
even though I left my wife, we're not going to be together. And Jake Gyllenhaal drives away crying. It's oh, old. yeah. That's oh. the only time the song's featured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said it's not prominent enough. What? In the film to count as a song from the film. I and it plays over the most it's emotional a gay moment. Movie. Yep. yep. If it had played again over the opening credit, the end credits, yeah. they would have let but it. But they wanted to get Willie Nelson in there. Was that my year? I'm pretty sure Willie Nelson. No, he didn't get nominated, but I think, oh, I don't think it's an original song. song. Oh, but oh, isn't it a I Willie understand. Nelson song? Yes. And then right. it's a Rufus Wainwright song, which is so indicative of where we were in 2005. Mm. Like Rufus Wainwright Rufus was Wainwright. sort of the patron saint of yeah. being a faggot. Right. Mm. Still which is. I, which I can say because I am a faggot too. True. Hell yeah. After 100 episodes, I'm defending my use of the word faggot. Wow. Not 100 yet, bitch. Oh, well, what is this? 92? 92. This is 92. Um, when I saw this movie in high school, I didn't like it. <sighs> the homophobia joke. Internalized, internalized homophobia. Literally homophobia. the self-loathing well, The internalized homophobia. Out. Do you guys no, remember when you saw this? the internalized homophobia stayed in. You guys have yes, memories of saying I have this. many memories of oh, it. For the first I time. vividly. Vividly. Absolutely. I remember I walked out with my friend Molly at the time. And really? we both. If this was about straight people. We both were discussing the movie. I think she was. disgusted by the movie? No, no, no. We were discussing the movie. And she was a little soft on it. And I remember I was like. I felt let down by it. Probably because oh. I just wanted like raw fucking. You know? Well, <laughs> you get raw fucking. I mean, literally. But yeah. I don't know what my little brain expected, but. What grade was everyone? You were in junior? 2005, so I would have been... Winter, so the beginning of the year. So sophomore. Okay. I think I was Wait. in the yeah. eighth grade. Jesus. You guys are so young. <laughs> what were you? I was a senior. Okay. So this was only the second time I've ever seen this movie. What? I know. That's crazy. Wow. I'm so I, had, I hadn't seen it. So I don't even know how many times I've seen this me, movie. I've right? seen this movie so many but times. But what's mm-hmm. fascinating... There's a different wrinkle every time I see it. Yeah. Usually a movie I see in high school, like... Well, actually, that's not true, because I remember... In Her Shoes, you've seen a half dozen times. That movie I remember vividly. But actually, <clears throat> Brokeback Mountain, I remembered most everything, but it just was like watching it. You know what I noticed? A different... That you know, I have never noticed angle. before yeah. this time? No, that's exactly right. Different angle. The, what, blood, what? the bloody shirt situation... At the end, yeah, it's it's his it's shirt? it's Heath's shirt inside. and inside of Jake's shirt. I never realized that from when they, uh, when, they from when they tussled on Brokeback. I Mountain. always thought it was just Jake's shirt and like the two shirts that Jake was wearing. But this is the time I, I realized. think the first time I saw it when I was young and dumb, I was like, "That's the shirt he was in when he died." <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's his. Funny. <laughs> that's the blood from his death. I think it's very moving that Jake's parents are like. Well, Jake's mom. Jake's mom, mom. gets it. Yeah. Yes. The Pentecostal. The dad mm-hmm. is like... That's a detail I never really got until this time. The house is painted entirely white. White. Because she's like a Pentecostal person. Like mm-hmm. she, she is so... Like keeping everything very... Like no vanity in the house. Yeah. Very minimal. Like mm-hmm. nothing that could possibly question God's grace or right. question... Try and, try and override his authority. No false idols. Mm-hmm. And of this course, is... it's a beautiful visual articulation of that moment in the movie of numbness and yeah. grief. This is. Uh, I saw this movie. I remember vividly. It was a weeknight, and it was like, it was the like. My parents had just started letting me like do things on weeknights, free reign. I'm a senior in high school. 
and like I don't have to be home at a certain Your time first necessarily. Taste of freedom on the open like range. I never really had a strict like you have to be home by a certain time because I was just generally you're the like, youngest child. Mm-hmm. They like it was just never spelled out. It was like I'm going to a movie with m- my sister, so it's not like we're gonna get lit after. Yeah. We're gonna get lit while watching. Yeah, I believe it was. I believe it was a Tuesday. Like that's how well I remember. Wow, it. I don't remember that details. And we went to the indie theater across town. We uh, yes downtown south <laughs> love to go across town to mm-hmm. the indie theater. Yeah. Love to spin off an icy road on your way there uh, too. Hell yeah! I like to go see the Queen on opening week. Yeah, what were you myself. seeing when you hell saw yeah. when you were the wrestler out? Darren Aronofsky's the wrestler? Nice. And you know that when I saw the wrestler, we drove out on a very cold night in England, like to a faraway theater because it was the only one playing the wrestler. But I remember it was also a very cold night. It wasn't icy, but it was also cold. It was cold. Of course, the movie came out in the winter time, so I imagine for most people when they drove most the people driving to the wrestler, like, it's hey, cold. God, it's cold outside. Can you believe it? All of America was cold when and people then were driving to the wrestler. I was, I was uh, like obsessed with this movie, and yeah. I was just a very good ally at the time. I was gonna say you were not. You an know, ally. I was an ally. Yeah. With this film, you're like it's important <laughs> to tell these stories uh-huh. for them. I found out. Oh, good. Years later, mm-hmm. when I came out, that my high school friends were calling me broke back then. <gasps> oh. Well, what a compliment! They, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I, I made I made everyone watch it when it came out on DVD. You're like, this story is so important. For you were passing out yes, DVD literally. copies in the hallway. We literally. need to care for gay people. That in this was country. literally me. And it's so important that we do so. Oh, you're scared of this movie? Homophobe? Mm-hmm. Antiquator? They literally called me broke back then. Broke back then. I wish my friends called me broke back then. Uh, I wasn't that? allowed to see it when it came out. Oh. Oh. Um, but I remember. Because Heath spits on his dick. Oh, it's so hot. Tui. Heath also spits after rejecting Jake for the last time, or just like mm. when he's like, You made me like that, but I'm not like that. And then he like <laughs> spits on the ground and walks away to his car. And then we do the flashback to them and broke up uh. the first time. When he wraps his arm, trying sleeping to make, like a like, horse. He's like, all right, little cowboy, I gotta go look after those sheep. Mm. Then he mm. gives him a little pat on the butt. Hot. <laughs> he doesn't actually do that. But I remember, I remember my mom and her best friend going to the movies to see this. Mm. And I Leaving stayed you sad and, and at I stayed home. and well, I did not make a big shot. I, I was well. This was the first. I've been watching the Oscars obsessively since 2002. Like I'd always been really into it, but like 02 when is when I was like. I'm pouring all my resources into this. I'm mm-hmm. seeing all the movies, like anything mm-hmm. that's rated PG-13, my ass will be in the seat. Because this is also like, I, I don't know what it's like for teenagers now, but where I grew up in Ohio, like, unless it played at the indie theater, which this did, but I wasn't allowed to see it, mm-hmm. um, you, you would get it. carded. You oh. would get carded. Oh. Like, I remember seeing Little Miss Sunshine the next year at the indie theater and being like, didn't get carded. I can't I'm remember. an adult now. Hell yeah. Um, but I remember waiting for my mom. I, mean, when, I don't think I ever got carded at a movie. I think, well, it was this year. I got carded to see Antichrist. Well, well, that makes well, sense. Well, you were over 17. Well, weren't so, they so carded at Sallow? Well, that weeks ago? they were. No, but that the indie theater. All the teens trying to sneak into Sallow. The lady <laughs> at the taste of that. The shit. lady at the counter was like, "Well, this movie is." unrated and i was like no it's not rated and she's <laughs> like no it's unrated and i had a big fight with her about what the difference between unrated so and like, not rated is those that. rusty scissors <laughs> out of my way okay anyway sorry <laughs> out of my way 
<laughs> you mow her down. Out of my way! Went to the theater. It was me and some old man. I haven't seen that movie. Classic. TPH. I watched the first 10 minutes of Antichrist. Do not like that picture. I was depressed. I would like to see it. I was depressed, and I was staying home on a Friday night. Snip, snip, And I put bitch. it on, and 10 minutes in, I was like, I am going to jump out of my fucking mm. skin. This is a great film. I bet I'll like it. I will it. not be watching like the rest it. of it. I'll watch it at some point. I bet I it will like it. It is burned in my brain. It's just like the scene in the hospital at the beginning where nothing outwardly revolting happens. Just the interaction between Charlotte Gainsbourg in the bed. I mean, I guess their child has just died, actually. So it is pretty bad. But Willem Dafoe, I mean, like... The circumstances... Standing, well, Sorry. it sounds like Ben's trying with Brokeback Mountain and that Charlotte Gainsbourg and Willem Dafoe are getting it on. Married couple trying to put a little zhuzh back in their sexual life. It's just like the stupidest and then their child circumstances. crawls out of the crib and jumps out the window. <laughs> Literally, literally, like literally, the child's like, oh, "I hear my parents fucking." Wee. I gotta go. <laughs> Bye. Like he tumbles. Peace. He tumbles. I'm outie. It's all shot in slow motion, black, black and, and white. white. You, you see, see penetration, slow mo penetration of shaft into vagina, and then a child falls out window and it's dies. It's awesome. It's like a reverse birth. It's a birth in reverse. Thank you, Saint Vincent. Well, thank you, Saint Vincent. Do you know what happens? Right now. I don't. Little touchy right now. Do you now. know what the Climaxes. I know nothing about. Oh well, then we won't. Say I really anymore. know nothing about. I that know movie. because I remember. I just know that it's controversial. It's a. Prov- I know about the snip snip bitch. Sink. Brandon Clip in the hedges. Think about Antichrist. Anyway, I remember my mom and her best friend getting back. I hate that movie. And her best friend, who is a wonderful woman, you know, uh, a really wonderful woman. You know, this is many years ago. We're in Ohio. She was like, she was like, it was fine. But if that movie was about a straight couple, it would not be getting any awards attention. Ooh. Which, like, you watch it now, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I know. About? <laughs> Literally makes no sense. But I, I, I was like, oh, interesting. That makes sense. Uh, I'm sure that like, the gay thing is really just there because they're trying to make it like very important. Right? Right? Mm. Right? <laughs> like, they're like, Daniel, you're crying. <laughs> Two other things I noticed watching this movie. One. I had a, I have a movie idea that I've always wanted to write, and I realize it's just Brokeback Mountain, but yeah. different, which is it was going to be like a long section of two men falling in love, and then we see the rest of their lives without each other, and that's basically what this movie is. Mm. Well, yeah. the, the, t- the time jumps in this movie are so good. Yes. Yeah. We end the in the wigs, 80s. The wigs and the, the mustaches. My favorite thing about Heath Ledger's performance and Kate Mara is how it. he looks bad at the end of the movie. I know. Or like Kate not at the end of the movie, yeah. but like in the end of the 70s, mm-hmm. it's just mutton chops are really untamed. Like he looks bad. Yeah. Which is just a great articulation of how because he's kept it all so locked mm-hmm. up inside, it is starting to manifest outwardly. Yeah. Anyway, to finish my thing, I watched Brokeback Mountain on my brother's laptop when he was out of town oh. on the weekend. Of course, like if he had it like saved on there, he'd be like, "Oh, my brother is gay." Um, but I rented it from the library, I think, or uh-huh. I had a friend like burn a torrent. Oh. Only like a year later, I was getting that, so it's possible I got some sort of burnt DVD. Hmm. But yeah, I watched it, uh, or I probably no, 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 no. I watched like a shitty rip online, um, oh, yes. like that I found on like li- not live like wire, someone but filming. No, 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 not someone filming, but someone like old days of streaming. Yeah, when you would just. You would you remember you'd like pause it, leave the room for forty five minutes, two hundred pixels. Back. Yeah, but then you would like you would leave the room and pause it so it would load, like the bar would go out so you wouldn't constantly be watching five minutes and then uh-huh. it glitches, five minutes and it glitches. It was uploaded on like the daily motion. Like daily motion uh-huh. or something like that. Yeah. That's where I watched anyway. Kenneth Ongers. 
Fireworks. It's on YouTube. There's a really good copy on YouTube. Oh, because the only version I saw on YouTube was like a piece of shit. There's a really, really good copy on YouTube. Good to know. The other thing I Mm. I thought about while watching it this time is just how young they are at the beginning and how young just the actors are. Well, no, because they're the same age when it ends, of course. Yeah. But Jake looks like a baby. He has baby face. uh, They're. I looked it up. They're. 26 and 24 when they shot this movie. Yeah, Jake is really young. Yeah. How Jake's 24. Holy shit. Yeah. Seriously? And they look that young. I mean, they're they both they they're, bo- they're both younger. And I probably I, I I don't think I've watched this movie in like two, maybe three years cuz I it was when I lived in my WeHo apartment. I can remember watching I it last. I saw it at the Arrow last year, oh, the that's day before right. my birthday in 35mm. Where they, they screened it? Yeah. Gorgeous print. Were they seeing doing it on an... see, honestly seeing it on film changed the way that I look at this movie. Were they doing an Ang Lee thing? No, they were doing a uh, conversation with screenwriters about game movies. It was Philadelphia. Mm, and that's Brooke right. Beck, and Diana Osana was there. And she... Academy Award winner for this film. She is a real <laughs> firecracker. A real firework. Mm. Also written by Larry McMurtry. Is that his name? Larry McMurdy, yeah. Murdy. Which, like, I cry every time. I, I mean, I sob through most of this movie. Like, I am uncontrollable dry heaving every time when it ends. Mm-hmm. But every time it starts, I'm like, I'm not going to cry this time. Yeah. And then I am, like, I have to watch the entire credits just so I can stop crying. But there's something still, like, baked inside of me, like, some sort of awful, like, Midwestern masculinity, whatever, that when I see Larry McMurdy's name pop yeah. up, I always cry again because I'm like, that's straight Western writer. <laughs> validated our stories it's true <laughs> you know my two favorite lines in this movie i'm gonna do the the, the heartfelt ones that's first. a real goddamn of a son of a bitch <laughs> the first one is sometimes i miss you so much i can hardly stand it mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. number two game fight i gotta stand it <laughs> no it's none of the boys neither of the boys says this line jack twist no it's not that jack one nasty. jack nasty but it's uh you know, it's so pretty early. We could smarten up and go to the church social. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yes! Michelle Williams is extraordinary in this movie in, in so little of it. Yes. She's in like seven minutes. Michelle Williams worked at that grocery store and broke a crown so she could steal from it in uh, Wendy and Lucy. Hell yeah. Totally. She Linda Cardellini is so good in this movie. Oh, yes. she's like, I mean, the acting is just she's stellar. Like, oh, and across how, the and board. Ha- how Anne, Anne Hathaway did not get any awards attention for Anne this. Anne Hathaway's first, like, I'm an adult I'm movie. a dramatic actress, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think, if I remember correctly, people still weren't taking her seriously Correct. yet. Like, no. so, so that, yeah, that's why she got none of the Michelle attention. Michelle Williams was coming off Dawson's Creek, so that yeah. gives you an idea of how little people thought about Anne Hathaway's yeah. talent. Right. Not, not, she she can car- not she can carry a kid's movie, like mm-hmm. Princess Diaries and everything, but this she's a dramatic actor, and now she and Heath I remember people dismissing that she takes her bra off, mm-hmm. and like, what a cheap, like, ploy to show that she's an adult dramatic actor. Yeah. Like, I remember, I remember yeah. that specifically. And she's that so reading of good. It. She's great in it. She's incredible. She she committed. She went all the way. Mm. But she didn't get Carter, taken seriously until Rachel getting married. Yeah, in which she's should have won the Oscar for that. She's too. so good. Love Rachel getting married. Linda Cardellini is amazing when she's like, and it's girl wants a little bit more than fun or whatever she <laughs> uh-huh. says. Like, it's fantastic when they meet. Because she says the other guy is fun that she's now with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always forget how good Linda Cardellini is in this movie because she doesn't pop up until like an hour and a half in and she only has a few scenes. But the pickup, the mm-hmm. foot rub, when she's meeting her daughter, his daughter and like, mm-hmm. your dad doesn't say much, does he? You know, yeah. and then she just disappears mm-hmm. and then we see her again at a bus stop or like at a coffee shop or whatever. Yeah. 
where she just runs into Ennis when she's with the guy she's seeing now, uh-huh. and they go over it. And that's one of the best scenes in the whole movie, mm-hmm. that confrontation. What does she say? Fun is... Fun is... She's, I can't remember. He's, she's basically like, you don't understand women, and you don't give me enough. Mm-hmm. So uh, good. What a film. The yeah. moment on Anne Hathaway's face when she realizes that... Uh, Ennis was... Ennis is... Her husband's lover mm-hmm. when she's like, he said he wanted his ashes scattered on Brokeback Mountain, but for all we know, that's not a real place. And she's like, one of one of Jack's made up fans. They had a whiskey spring <laughs> and, and a, where the birds sing where and the birds the sing and there's a whiskey, whiskey spring. spring. And then he's that like, entire close up. Oh, on the it's phone. insane! Incredible. And then and there's then wins. and this is just quietly like, um, that's uh, where we uh, we ranched sheep we once fishing, twenty yeah. years ago. And that's when she gets it. And she's just like, oh. My husband was right. You're the fishing it. buddy. I get it. I love the <laughs> and you see that come across her, her face. Yes. Anne Hathaway is extraordinary in this uh-huh. movie. She's got a great pickup scene too. I mean, the, another great scene where Anne Hathaway is just doing very subtle face acting is oh. the Thanksgiving dinner scene oh, where she's so scene. proud of her husband. You shut oh, up, you yes. old ignorant bastard. That cut to her uh-huh. and she yeah. just has that smirk. She's like, mm-hmm. "Thank you, Daddy." And I'm not Hell talking yeah. about my father. Mm-hmm. When uh, mm-hmm. when when Jake's father-in-law is turn it on the football game and he's like not till my son finishes his dinner that his mother spent three hours making you speaking of incredi- like incredible screenwriting we know exactly who her father is the second in the scene where she has given birth to their child hey, like rodeo. He, he throws his keys he calls at him Jake. rodeo yep boom we know exactly, we know exactly who, who he, is. he is we know what their relationship brilliant. is yeah. it's brilliant mm-hmm Ang Lee is underrated as a filmmaker. I completely agree. Still just underrated. Well, he's doing a lot of stuff in sensibility in this that he doesn't sense Mm -hmm. sensibility, like the people having these very, and it's kind of Carol-esque, like very, you know, Carol's about having these private emotions in public here. It's about having these very very internal moments cast against these epic backdrops, Mm -hmm. um, which I just love. I do too. The clouds. The clouds are just fantastic. The clouds in this movie. I'm like, Toy Story... Going in the trash. The fireworks in this movie. Oh, and the fireworks scene is outstanding. When he kicks that man in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that, that I remember. I'll that never, was an FYC ad. I remember. They used that fireworks shot. Well, I mean, I'll never forget that shot um, in the trailer. That's yeah. the shot that you, that pan over and then yep. title. Right. Yep. Him right. silhouetted oh, against the fireworks. Well, that's a great shot because then in the background of the frame on the right, he's on the left side. Mm-hmm. Looking very, you know, masculine with the cowboy hat and the fireworks going up. That that is also sort of an indictment of American masculinity in its own way. And then his wife and daughter are on the right side of the frame, but further back, so they're just very small compared yeah. to how big he is in the frame. Their cut, their bodies are sort of cut off, so it's like just highlights the distance between yeah. them. And and uh, you know, Ennis is not very nice to women in this movie. All of these movies are really about America. Oh, yeah. You <gasps> might say. About violence, passion, in America. Hell. Yeah. These movies are all really about America. We did good. We didn't talk about fireworks yet. I know. I but, wanted, it's, but it's been threaded I wanted to say one more thing. thing about Sunrise, I realized. Just that I, th- I, I, every time I watch it, I'm shocked that the attempted murder is 30 minutes in. I, always, I know. I always think it's mostly leading up to murder and then not that much of the date. The date's like 90% it's of the movie. It's li- most of the movie, and it just speaks to how well-paced it is. That, I like, totally That's agree. how I feel about I it. I love the yeah. shot in the trolley car, right mm-hmm. at the front of mm-hmm. it, the way that the city is passing by, and mm-hmm. it's very scary, like uh, how it seems like everyone's going to come yeah. at you, like all mm-hmm. the cars are going to run right through the uh, 
right into your face. It's hot in here. It Sorry. is hot in here. I can't. We can wrap this I can't, up. I can't finish the thought. It's how, so how long have we been recording? A while We're now? done. An hour and 23. Yeah, we can We can do our ranking of the fireworks Let's do scenes. our ranking of the fireworks scenes. Me? Yeah. Or if if anyone else is ready, I have to think for a second. Oh, I have I to can, think. I can do it. I can do it. Okay. You go first. So this is not about the movies. This but is about the what fireworks. the fireworks represent, the iconography of the fireworks. Yeah. I will say up front, we selected these four movies because they are exemplary examples of fireworks in the back of shots. Yes. Of the frame. Yes. yes. So I would say fireworks is last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's coming out as dick. It's also not in the background in fireworks. It's not in the, well, that's why I'm giving sure. it last place. It's not actually in the background of the shot. Uh, he's got a ticking time bomb in his chest. He's got a firework in his crotch. Hell yeah. Same. Me. I'm going to give Sunrise number three. Only because they're this, the fireworks are accomplishing what many other things in that scene are accomplishing yeah. as, as articulations of their joy and pleasure and mm-hmm. reconciliation as a couple. Yeah. It's a great culmination of that, but you know, we get it. Enough. Number two is Brokeback. Number one is the devastating image in Blowout. Nice. Okay, mine is number four is sunrise. Number three is fireworks. Number two is blowout. Number what? one is number one is broken. Nice. <laughs> Just because it's so memorable. I mean, they're all me. iconic. It's iconic. Yeah, they're all iconic. But that one, that broke back fireworks. Iconic. Like literally iconic. What the word means. Um, and what? No, yeah. Anyway. I'm going to combine your two lists. Okay. Mm. Fireworks number one. Number four. Sunrise. Okay. Number three, fireworks. Oh. Number two. Brokeback. Brokeback. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, blowout. Nice. I thought for so some reason out, I got it wrong. Blowout one. Blowout. <laughs> We've never done that before. True. It got the most number ones, Brandon. It got the most number ones. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. So blowout is the definitive fireworks in the back, in of, the the back shot of the shot movie. Parentheses in the frame. True. What is the name of the episode? Movies that have fireworks in the background. Um, parentheses of the shot. Of the yes. Shot. End parentheses. Yes. Well, this has been another episode of Movies IMO. Please follow, rate, subscribe on the podcatcher of your choice. On the iTunes store, you can Please leave us do. a review. Um, and tell us. Us. Which part of what your body would e- you shoot a firework at? What's out of? your favorite movie that has a firework in the background? Is it Perens? Beach Rats? The shot. Oh. Well, we talked about we that, talked about which is why we couldn't talk about Two Beach Rats. Two weeks ago, three. We I also talked about, there's a, we talked about Cape Fear. Yeah. Which has Cape Fear is an Also about America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also about Doesn't America. Doesn't Toy Story 4 have fireworks? Yes, it yes, does. Yes, it does. Wouldn't have made my list. Hmm. <laughs> Same. Have you? How are you feeling about? Let's do a check in with Ben on Toy Story Four. How do you feel two weeks out? He wants it dead in the fucking ditch. Well, it's been two weeks. He wants Bonnie's. It could be worse. It could. He wants Bonnie's head on a spike. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. I, if but I didn't any, know if I want to go there, if, I might want that to be deleted from the record. <laughs> if anything, the feeling has gotten worse. That's what I'm curious. That's about. That's what I assumed. Actually, I've I've thought about. I gave it a one and a half, and I thought about dipping it to a one. Ooh, Ooh. A double dip. <laughs> Mainly movie. because people keep being fooled by it. I keep that's how I feel about it. Toy keep, Story Four is your green book. This yes, year. people are just fooled by it. Okay, that's that's a statement, Brandon. People are fooled o- by operative it. Operative your. 
green, your version of that. I actually ben's, did think about Green ben's. Book because okay. yeah, uh, it's not mine. That was, I love Toy Story four. And Cam- you also love Green Book. Cameron Austin Shut Collins's letterbox log of Green Book was, I can't believe smart people are being fooled by this too. And well, that's how you feel about. What's fun? Mm-hmm. Just to talk a little shit for a second. What's fun about the Green Book reactions is if you go back and listen to the film podcasts of the the, the journalists are mm-hmm. on out of Toronto. Yeah. When they all saw Green Book, they liked like, it. No, no, they're like. You know, this movie, uh, it has its heart in the right place. People are going to call it problematic, but it's a really good movie. It's a really nice movie. It's Uh funny. It's well acted. Like, this is a good movie. And then people are going to be hard on this. There's going to be a conversation around this movie. Mm -hmm. But it's good. But it's a good movie. Yikes. Those are the same people who will then, like I said, you have to watch how people rate things on Letterboxd because these are the same people four months later who are like, Green Book's an abomination. Yeah. What a terrible state of affairs we are in, mm-hmm. in the culture and in the country, when mm-hmm. Green Book is celebrated as some sort of beautiful racial reconciliation story, when in fact it is. Meanwhile, they were sipping their Mo's in Toronto and being like, good movie. I know that I would have given a half a star had I seen it in Toronto, because I went to Toronto, and I saw it on the schedule, and I read the blurb, and I was like, no way <laughs> would I ever see this movie. And then we all you watched knew. it on a screener. No, I saw it in the theaters with my family. The what? On Christmas Obviously, Day. Obviously, we've talked about this. Where's but the I screener? Forgot. I have the screener. <laughs> Let's bring it. So I have a, actually, I have a stack of screeners. I think about my selfie holding the screener frequently. I have a stack of a Brandon one. screeners from last year. <laughs> um, Who has Destroyer? I don't have Destroyer. I don't have My it. friend you, Albert uh, has Destroyer. Oh, Albert has Destroyer? Has yeah. Fellow oh, you know. tag Albert Piano, yeah, you know who Albert. I saw last night. Oh, saw him last night. Sad I couldn't make it. Well, me too. I had a really funny tweet all lined up for when we were going to see each other. Well, I was what gonna, was I it? was going to say, well, I was going to tweet when me and at BK Kirby see each other at a social function. And it was going to be that gif from the first couple episodes of Broad City where Abby and Alana are making those weird like smiles at each other. Like, mm. I mean, this is not a visual medium, but they're like cute. being all toothy and cheeky. It's like, cute. I like Can that. Can you send that gif? I can right. send it right now. Can we wrap it up? Say <laughs> yes. your name. My name is Ben MP. You can find me on Twitter at Rails.Hands. My name is Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. And there are no fireworks in John Thielman, so she does not get to show up on this episode. Arguably, arguably in the last shot of the film, when she's sitting all alone at the table. There's the, fireworks in her heart. The ra- you know what I Let's think? Let's go her? with that. I think it's very fireworks when she drops the, no, the shoot. we're not talking about metaphorical fireworks. No, we're talking about literal fireworks in the sky, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. we will all be seeing uh, in a few days. I guess. Wow. And Brandon Kirby, you can find me on Is it tomorrow they're doing Kirby. Mad Max what? with fireworks at the cemetery? Ooh, yeah, nice. what the fuck? We were supposed to go. It's probably sold out. Me looking it up. <laughs> like, what am I Very doing? Very funny, Brandon. <laughs> Shut up. Say goodbye. <laughs> See a bitch? What? I What's said, your name? What's I your said it. Oh, did you? What are you? <laughs> then hit Kirby. the button. <laughs> this, is, this is the good. <laughs> Say, let's oh, be done. It's a visual medium. Oh, that is good. I'm not going to hit Turn the button. Turn it off. We're no, just going to be here. Enough. We're going to be recording for the rest that of our lives. Enough. Okay, so now let's, uh, let's, let's get back to what we were talking about before we started recording. The winner is Jane Fonda. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. 
There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.